Welcome to No Baller. I am Chris Rawl. It is Friday, July 30th. On today's show, the press conference of Aaron Rodgers, the relationship between a star player and an organization, and optimism for change. Before we get there, let's talk gambling. One reason why gambling should be legal in the state of Utah. I watched Aaron Rodgers' press conference on Wednesday. It inspired me. It's going to make me a better person. I feel like I'm probably going to go out and perform charity work in the near future simply because I watched Aaron Rodgers talk in front of microphones and cameras for about 30 minutes. I also am going to go and bet the Packers' win total over 11 wins at plus 105. I have the most motivated Aaron Rodgers in the history of Aaron Rodgers' in the, in the history of the world, and I want all of that stuff. Uh, and we have our number one reason why gambling should be legal in the state of Utah, because it will give you added motivation to put a giant foam block of cheese on your head on Sundays and scream like an insane person at the television, and then also hopefully dedicate the money that you win to charity, in turn, making you a better person. And now a word from our sponsor, Traeger Grills. Traeger invented the original wood-fired grill over 30 years ago in Mount Angel, Oregon. They continue to lead the industry as the world's number one selling wood-fired grill, perfected by decades of mastering the craft of wood-fired cooking. You can find out more at TraegerGrills.com. Change has been the subject of the week here on No Baller because I like talking about change and it's something that applies greatly to the world of sports. We started this week by talking about change both micro and macro. Uh, on the micro level, we talked about Bryson DeChambeau and the capacity for an individual to change. And on the macro level, we talked about conference realignment, Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC and just the whirlwinds that are happening within college football that are forced upon a lot of teams and how that change is going to affect all of these teams and all of these players. I also spoke about Aaron Rodgers on Wednesday. And after that show, I sat down and I watched Aaron Rodgers on a press conference less than 30 minutes after I was done recording. Uh, and those things are combining today for the basis of this show. Because during that press conference, Aaron Rodgers set a line. I'm always going to be optimistic on change being possible. Um, something that I agree with for the most part and sometimes maybe I don't necessarily agree with. But it's also the feeling of the offseason. It's optimism for change. Again, on levels both micro, the player level, or macro, organizational level, or the entire sport in general. So this press conference spoke to me very deeply because as all of you know, I'm a very big Aaron Rodgers fan and I'm a very big Green Bay Packers fan. And this press conference was not like your normal run-of-the-mill press conference where the athlete speaks the cliches and doesn't really offer anything valuable or insightful. It was the polar opposite of that. It was an athlete talking about as honestly and openly and candidly in front of a microphone as I've ever seen. So it's also obviously my favorite player. So these things combine to create a very compelling experience on my end. And a lot of things spoken within that press conference were of great interest to me, especially how Rodgers described the clash between himself and the organization in general and how we've kind of arrived at this point where for the last five months they were in a stalemate and now Rodgers is playing possibly his last season with the Packers and reevaluating after the season whether or not change has occurred within this organization 
in a way that he thinks is beneficial not only to him but to the franchise and to his ability and his team's ability to win a championship. And there was insight into a lot of different things that I found to be interesting that went just beyond, you know, his reasons for frustration with general manager Brian Gutekunst and team president Mark Murphy. Um, he gave a lot of thoughts about players and just kind of the way that they're treated as cogs in a machine sometimes. Uh, he talked about possible retirement. Uh, he talked about his awareness that time is really working against him as an aging quarterback. And this franchise, which is bumping up against the cap and has a team in place that can win a Super Bowl, but we're going to have to worry about the cap next year and we're going to have to worry about it the year after and all that kind of stuff. It's just this race against time to win a Super Bowl. He's aware of all of that stuff. Uh, I think a lot of people believed prior to this press conference that Rodgers was kind of filling the diva role. That, oh, I'm going to take my ball and go home and and I don't want to play for this team even though we could have won a Super Bowl last year. And after watching this press conference, it seems like the majority of the public, the opinion has shifted to the other side, uh, that, he dis that he seemed decidedly less diva than people maybe categorized him before. Uh, he came off as somebody who cares deeply about Green Bay and the team and its ability to win a championship and his want to win a championship and that all of those things together can hopefully be accomplished this year uh, in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Came off as very thoughtful and reflective about all of those things, the clashes uh, and the ability of the Packers moving forward as a team to try and win a Super Bowl. He also spoke very candidly about the future and when it comes to this idea of change and how, how and when Aaron Rodgers is going to be playing quarterback in 2022, he was very open about that, saying, you know, I don't know. Um, there's a lot of things that I've taken to Gutekunst and Murphy and said, I think that it would benefit all of us if these things changed. And, and if they do, you know, I can reevaluate after this year if this is the place that I truly want to finish my career that will give me the best opportunity to win a Super Bowl. And if not, then we can go from there. But Rodgers sees some of the power in uh, where he is going to be playing moving forward after this year. And so it's kind of this open-ended question mark. This season, it's the last dance Packers. It's Aaron Rodgers possibly going for his second Super Bowl in the last season together with his team that he's played for now 17 seasons. And after that, you know, the big open-ended question mark. So we see if changes occurred after this season, and then we evaluate from there. So this has been an interesting story to follow, not just for me, a really big fan of both of these entities, Rodgers and Green Bay, but it's interesting to follow because it has really concentrated on the relationship between a star player and an organization and how those two things can work in unison to create a better opportunity to win and a more meaningful place to work as an employee. But it's also, it's just something that speaks to change and it speaks to if this is not occurring then change will inevitably happen because you're going to have heads budding and you're going to have people get traded or you're going to have general managers and team presidents get fired because these two things have to work together in order to create the best possible nfl team so i want to read two things from michael rosenberg of sports illustrated who he, he interviewed an agent named lee steinberg and the quotes are coming from him. Smooth organizations have consistency in their ownership, front office, coaching, and franchise quarterback, says agent Lee Steinberg, 
who has represented as many star quarterbacks as any agent ever. This is a group that works together over time. An astute organization who values their quarterback is going to value his insight on every aspect of the organization. That doesn't mean absolute ability to make those decisions. It means input. And Steinberg goes on to say, An astute front office would view the quarterback as the most essential source of feedback on all of those issues, whether it's team personnel, play calling, possible additions in free agency. We used to have meetings with Troy Aikman, myself, and Cowboys owner Jerry Jones to talk about the season and what happened. We used to have those discussions with Steve Young and team president Carmen Policy on the 49ers. End quote. So there's a line that really sticks out within that. That doesn't mean absolute ability to make those decisions. It means input. This is something that is a close follower of how the last decade of Rodgers on the Packers has played out and really within the last couple years, this is something that I've always been very aware of. It seems like he's kind of on one side, the player side, and that's your job. And we don't necessarily want to hear input. And if you try to give it, we're not necessarily going to take it. And Rodgers spoke in this press conference about his side, saying, look, I'm a valuable resource. Uh, I've been in this league a long time. I made a lot of relationships either through my agency or just through playing with a lot of players. And they've come to me and said, yeah, the reason we would come to Green Bay and play is because you're there. And because we know if you're there, we can win a championship there. And so Rodgers, who is getting boxed out of just, again, not necessarily stepping in and saying, my word is gold and you will make all these decisions. Rodgers has been boxed out on the input side, just feeling like a valuable commodity where, okay, I have a voice and maybe it's not always necessarily heard and used. Actually, it is heard, but it's not used. That's fine. I just want to know that this organization, that Gutekunst and that Mark Murphy value what I have to say. And so this kind of is the entire crux of Rodgers' grievances against the Packers and something that I think people were aware of over the course of this offseason, but it was never explicitly stated in a way that it was on Wednesday. And this is frustrating for me on the fan side because it's such an easily remedied thing that it's mind-blowing. Again, you go back to Lee Steinberg, who's represented a million star quarterbacks through the history of the NFL, and he's saying, I mean, it's pretty commonplace. Aikman and Jerry Jones, we go and sit down, and it was just a matter of giving input. And if they took that and used it, great. But we know that there was a seat at the table for that. Steve Young with the Niners, same thing. You go down the list of a lot of these quarterbacks throughout the course of time, and you say, yeah, I think the main reason that Brady is on Tampa Bay is because he went there and he said, here's what I would love to see happen. And you have a great roster. Hey, could you bring Antonio Brown? Done. He signed. Hey, could you bring my old pal Rob Gronkowski? Done. He signed. That's what being a star quarterback in the league means. It means you have input within your organization. Uh, and if that doesn't occur, and if you're Rodgers and you've been with this organization for your entire career, and you're the sole reason that they've had winning season after winning season, throughout the duration of your career, it makes sense that you would sit there and be frustrated. And so these things that need to be remedied from the past, they're very simple things. And again, this is coming from the mouth of Rogers when he says, yeah, Jake Kumaro, I'd love if he was on our roster, you know, essentially as a 50th man or 51st man. You just make that happen. It doesn't matter who your 52nd man on your roster is. If the quarterback wants his buddy who's a wide receiver, then you just put him on the roster because that's part of hearing his input. 
and saying that roster spot is not really valuable in the long run. If this appeases him and makes him happier, great, we're going to do that. Same way that the Packers went out and just barely traded for Randall Cobb. Is Randall Cobb a great NFL player at this point in time? Not really. Did the Packers just draft Amari Rodgers to be the slot receiver for their team this year? Yes, but you just go and get him because you trade a six-round pick and it doesn't really matter. It's about letting Aaron Rodgers know that his voice is heard. It's about making that thing happen. He speaks about all of these veterans that have left Green Bay kind of on acrimonious terms. You're like really high-level players in their primes, but once they became not that, Green Bay maybe lowballed them or just kind of ushered them out the door in a way that, you know, maybe doesn't reflect greatly on your franchise. So we spoke about that. It's your Julius Peppers and your Charles Woodsons and your Jordy Nelsons, your Brian Bulagas, your Casey Hayward. I mean, he mentioned a million people that over the last decade, Green Bay has maybe not treated with what Rodgers wanted uh, on the respectful side. And just, hey, you know, we don't have to pay them a ton of money, but a lot of these people were willing to take pay cuts to come back and play for $2 million or $3 million because they like this organization and they like playing here and they knew that we had a chance to win a championship. And instead we just said, nah, we're not willing to do that. We'll go and look elsewhere for that. Again, these are simple things that are easily remedied remedied that make me even more frustrated than I was the last few years because now hearing it out of Roger's mouth, I go, all this could have been avoided by just keeping Jake Kumaro on the roster and paying him pennies on the dollar. All this could have been avoided by paying Julius Peppers a one-year, $3 million contract for his last season so he can retire on Green Bay. Like These are such simple things that it makes Green Bay, the organization, look like a total clown show because you could have avoided all of this by just giving him a seat at the table in a way that a lot of other organizations have done over the course of time with their star quarterbacks and just said, okay, these simple things, done. We don't even have to think about it. They're not going to affect us at all. It'll make you happy. And then the bigger stuff, we'll listen to your input. And if we want to make that decision, we will. But sometimes we won't. Uh, that's how this give and take relationship should work within an organization and within a star player. So for the last few years, Green Bay, they've completely bungled that at every turn, which leads us back to the question of this press conference, the question of this season for Green Bay and for Rodgers, and the question of this entire show for the week. Is change possible on that level? So I want to shift gears now. Uh, we're staying within the press conference, but I want to talk about the other thing that really stood out to me. Uh, that's just complete catnip for the emotional side of how I watch and process sports and how I measure the existence of an athlete or a team over the course of time, and how I really, really love tracing that arc. Uh, Rodgers has always been a very reflective person, and what stands out probably the most to me within this entire Wednesday press conference is just his ability and willingness to reflect on his career and that understanding of time is narrowing, and there's not a lot left for me, period, as a quarterback, and possibly for me within this organization. It's that whole sand through the hourglass corollary. You flip it over on its side. We're down to the point where there's not a lot of grains left and they're trickling through. And Rodgers is very aware of that. And I'm very aware of that as a person who likes following and tracing this kind of stuff. So Rodgers gives a quote within this press conference that really illustrates just his, uh, his mindset and just, you know what? There's been a lot of things that have happened through the course of my career and I've been there for all of them. So I want to read this paragraph that he speaks at the time. He's asked about being the quarterback of the Packers. What does that mean to you? It's still an honor. It's still something I'm very proud of. 
I did see something about Favre and Bart playing 16 seasons here. And this is obviously number 17. So there's something special about that. I've been here a long time. I've seen a lot of change in personnel and people in the building and the fields and the Hall of Fame and pro shop and cafeteria twice in the weight room. It's been fun to be a part of the change. A lot of times, like at Cal, you move on and then everything gets better. It's been fun to see the facilities and everything get better and be able to be the quarterback here and see the south and north end zones the way they got built up and adding 8,000 fans at Lambeau. It's been fun to be a part of all the growth in those things. End quote. So I'm watching this, and I've obviously watched all of his career, and I've been a Packers fan for longer than Aaron Rodgers has been there. And this leads me just to kind of reflect on my duration as a Packers fan and just the incredible uh, fortune that I've lived through as a Packers fan where starting in 1992, Green Bay has had a Hall of Fame quarterback under center going into every single season for almost 30 years. Like, all, it's, it's hard to comprehend when you see it laid out like that, despite the fact that I sat there and I watched Brett Favre, and now I've watched Aaron Rodgers. And I go back, I hear this thing where Rodgers is kind of tracing, like, yeah, I've seen an incredible amount of change here. And I find it interesting, you know, like the one area that is the most important in football, not as important as people think it is, but still the most important, Green Bay has had an unbelievable amount or an unbelievable lack of change. Two quarterbacks, Hall of Famers, starts with Brett Favre. And, and I wasn't fully prepared for just the incredible uniqueness of Favre as a player. The joy and the talent and the combination of those two things, I don't think we've really ever seen that before or since. He's not your normal quarterback, the stoic, uh, okay, I'm calculated and I'm the leader and you guys will rally behind me. He, he had... It's a cliche, but like Favre was the epitome of wearing his emotions on his sleeve. He was truly a gunslinger in every sense of the word. The cannon arm, he would say, there is no window that is too small for me to, fo to, for me to fit a football through. And if there's no window, I'll make one. I'll, I'll throw a hole through somebody's chest and my receiver will catch it. Like that was Favre. Uh, and that was an incredible experience to be a part of on the fan side. He wins MVP three straight years, 95, 96, 97. The Packers win the Super Bowl in 1996. We have the iconic image of Brett Favre's career. It's him on the Superdome field against the Patriots. He's running around. He's got the helmet off. His helmet's hoisted in his hand in the air. Um, he's just thrown a 50-some-odd-yard touchdown pass to Andre Risen on the second play from scrimmage, and he's just running around. He's jumping into his teammates' arms. Like, it's... it's Again, the epitome of what Brett Favre was. It's the high-level talent, and it's just this joy that he brought to the game and really said over and over, like, I love football. This is something that I value greatly. And so on the fan side, I would always go, this is sweet because I love football, and I love watching somebody who truly loves the game this much. You know, it was this lack of fear for anything that football ever had to offer. That was Favre. It's this incredible streak of consecutive starts. Doesn't matter if I'm hurt. Doesn't matter if I'm injured. I'm playing football because I want to win and because this is a game that I love. One of the most memorable memories for me with Brett Favre, it's in 2003, which I'm sure a lot of you know if you followed his particular career football for a long time. It's a Monday night football game in Oakland. The night before, his dad dies out of the blue, sudden heart attack in Mississippi, and Favre says, I'm playing this game. It's the following night. The Packers are in the thick of a playoff race. Monday night football, 
in Oakland. He throws for 311 yards and four touchdowns in the first half of that game. Finishes the game 22 for 30, 399 yards in those four touchdowns. Incredibly emotional game for very obvious reasons. You know, there's various moments throughout the game where his teammates are hugging him and he's just kind of staring off into space. And a lot of people are going, I don't know, like, should he be playing? I guess it's his decision, you know, but this is this is pretty crazy. After the game, he has this pretty iconic moment where he's hugging his wife at the time and they're walking off the field. They go directly home to Mississippi straight from the game. And Favre says in a quote afterwards, I knew that my dad would have wanted me to play. I love him so much and I love this game. Um, and that was one of those things that really stood out about Favre. Again, like in the most intense emotional experience you can pretty much encounter in life, one of the places that he goes to is the football field. And one of the places that he channeled just that was on a Monday night football game against Oakland on the field and everybody was a part of that. That was Brett Favre. That was the joy. That was the talent. That was just the willingness to come and play football and let everybody be a part of it. So I hear these Rogers quotes and I think of that again because I go, man, this is crazy. There's been an incredible amount of change in the NFL. There's been an incredible amount of change within Green Bay, the organization. But the one area that there hasn't been a ton of change is the quarterback position. It's Brett Favre and it's into Aaron Rodgers. You know, Favre departs on not good terms with Green Bay. And Aaron Rodgers is put into the starting job. And we have no idea what to expect. He's a first-round pick out of Cal. He's dropped down the draft board, all that kind of stuff. Uh, his first NFL game, it's Monday night. It's the Minnesota Vikings. His first NFL touchdown pass, it's this corkscrew jumping up his body. He's throwing it at the goal line for a touchdown. The announcer is shouting, that's a Favre-like throw. And it was a sign of things to come in a way that I could never imagine as a fan. Because not in 10 gazillion years would I ever think that Aaron Rodgers could ever be better than Brett Favre. And that's what we have seen play out since Aaron Rodgers stepped in as a starter in 2008. Like truly incredible that that could have occurred. Rodgers somehow took that seemingly once in a lifetime ability to playmake that Favre brought to the table. Just again, throw into any window that is there. And if there's not a window, I'll throw one open. And he eliminated all of those mistakes that history has told us has to exist within a quarterback. If you're going to make the very best tight window throws, you're going to have to take chances. Chances means you're going to throw interceptions. That's just how things work. Rodgers somehow eliminated that. It's, again, something we haven't seen at the quarterback position. Now we have the evolutionary Rodgers with Pat Mahomes stepping up ready to take his mantle. And maybe 15 years down the road, we're saying the same stuff about Mahomes that I'm saying in present day, or we've said over the last decade with Rogers, just, I've never seen a combination of ability to make the highest level throw and also eliminate the mistakes that we thought had to come with that throw. That's why he has 412 touchdowns in his career as of now through the air and only 89 interceptions. It's why his touchdown percentage and his interception percentage, you compare him against all of the greats that have come before him and he dwarfs them on both sides, higher touchdown percentage, lower interception percentage. That's how he won three MVPs, just like Favre, in 2011, in 2014, in 2020. All of that stuff. So the one position, starting, it's just a startingly, startingly, I can't say the word, but you get what I'm saying. There's a lack of change at the quarterback position in Green Bay. 
You look even throughout the division and like Chicago, they have five new quarterbacks every year. You look throughout the league and that's just kind of what you expect. And we're going on almost three decades where a Hall of Fame starting quarterback has been under center going to the season every year in Green Bay. And outside of that, just this change in personnel and coaches and management and who's a fan and who's not, all that kind of stuff. So we get to present day through all of this, uh, just this kind of tracing of what's happened since Brett Favre came to the Packers in 1992. And now Aaron Rodgers possibly into his final season with Green Bay. And he's holding this press conference on Wednesday. He's back in uniform. He's practicing yesterday. And we have some of my favorite stuff of the offseason going on where Packers beat writers are tweeting out and going, oh my goodness, I can't believe this. You won't believe this Rodgers throw. Oh, he looks like he's in midseason form. It's just me going, all right. I'm already so pumped for this season, but as soon as I get those first tweets about how good Rodgers looks, I, I just, I can't wait. You know, you see a tweet from Rob Demosky, the ESPN Packers beat writer, and he's tweeting out yesterday. He's going, first real wow moment of training camp. Rodgers to Adams for a 60-yard touchdown down the left sideline. Adams uses his late hands technique and the ball somehow got through Darnell Savage. That's the stuff where I don't even need to see the throw because it's in practice and I can just hear the words and I go, yeah, I already know what that throw is like. Okay, left side, I've seen this a million times. The ball seemingly slips through a safety and no idea how it happened. And now Devontae Adams or Jordy Nelson or whoever it was in the past, they're making this 60-yard touchdown grab. Like That's the stuff that I love about football. That's the stuff that I love about watching Aaron Rodgers on the Green Bay Packers. And that's really the stuff that I love about being aware of just this continuation of time to where I can watch all of these throws that Aaron Rodgers has made throughout his entire career. And I can go, oh yeah, I don't even need to see the throw because I've seen it a million times. It's awesome. And I hope that I can see it at least for one more season and hopefully until he retires as a Packer. But if not, you know, we can go from there. So I'll circle back to, again, the theme of this entire week, the theme of this show. Uh, and we'll go back to that quote from Aaron Rodgers. I'm always going to be optimistic on change being possible. The feeling of the offseason, uh, the true gift that sports gives, the belief in the capacity to change that may not exist in many other avenues of life. And now we get to the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. And like I spoke about on Wednesday's show, uh, the stakes are about as high as you can get going into a season. And so Rodgers, he's optimistic for change. And the Packers, they need to change in some ways. While remaining static at the most important area, you know, having that Hall of Fame MVP winning quarterback under center. And for them to continue having that, at least until Rodgers retire, a different approach is needed when it comes to certain aspects of running the organization. The most important, obviously, being Aaron Rodgers has to have input, even if you don't necessarily take that and turn that into action. So we arrive at the question of the week and the question of the season for the Green Bay Packers. Is change possible? Thank you for listening to No Baller. This show is produced by Weston Tanner and can be consumed in a variety of ways. You can download it as a podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or the platform of your choice. You can also view it in video form via the Beehive TV app which can be downloaded on Apple, Google, Roku, and Amazon Fire. For more information, go to noballer.com.